Praise the Lord. Thank you, Ron and Van, to usher in the presence of the Lord. So good to be in the house of the Lord, is it not? We're comfort and peace and joy. We don't have any worries. We leave them at the front door. Get resolved for all of our situations and let the Lord, you know, fight our battles. The Bible says that he, he takes up the, the cares of us. He, he fights for us. Amen. He's a great God. Amen. Praise the Lord. So today's message is going to be walking in God's calling this year, 2024. Wow, isn't that exciting? You get, to, you get a whole new year to start off with the Lord, walking in his calling. So we're going to talk about what is walking mean and what is your calling supposed to be. And we're going to have a little time of prayer where you guys get together and pray because you want to do what the Lord wants you to do, right? You don't want to get to heaven and God saying, what were you doing down there anyway? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. He's, you know, every one of us has a calling in our life to do something that, for him, specially designed. You're specially designed for a certain purpose, maybe for a season, maybe for a whole entire life. And it may not be just a grandiose thing like being the president of the United States or a world-famous preacher like me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, or, <laughs> or a great, you know, singer. You know, it may be just a, a father that provides for his kids or a mother that takes care of her children or a, a worker or anything. You know, God has a plan for us. Might be even in children's church. I know Maggie came through for us in the nursery for many years when we didn't have somebody. Now we have people. But she just filled in the gap, and now she's moving on to other things. So, so grateful for those of you that come alongside and help. And I wanted to mention that we are getting new carpet, and it's because people have given above and beyond... They got blessed, and they gave to the church. They were faithful in, in their giving, and it just all accumulated, and sure enough, now we have time. We have to get new carpet, and it does, the carpet looks okay, but you know what? When we get the new one, we're going to go, oh, yeah, this is better. <laughs> it is better. So let's pray so that we, this message will go forth and hit your hearts, uh, maybe just a little lower on the sound. Uh, Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you that you're... Uh, a present help in time of trouble. We thank you, Lord God, that whatever we're facing, we know that you're able to be a God to us, and we be your people. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we know all of us have a calling in our lives. You're ordained to do certain things in your life to accomplish his will. Oh, wait a minute. It's not even about our will. It's his will to promote the kingdom of God, his plans and purposes in the kingdom of God. That usually means you're supposed to help somebody. Amen? Now, it's not me, myself, and I. It's those that are around us that we can help and be a blessing to. Don't you like it when people come to your rescue and they say, oh, I got something for you. Uh, this will take care of what you need. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's so great when, when that happens. Now, when, when uh, the Lord knocked Saul of Tarsus down when he was on the road to Damascus, he knocked him down, and guess what uh, the apostle Paul, or he was Saul at the time, he said, so he was trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And that should be our question today. Amen. Lord, what do you, why am I here? What do you want me to do? And he'll guide and direct you. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You start stepping and he'll order your way. Praise the Lord. We have our plans. We have our thoughts. We have our desires. But as what he's put on the inside of us, if we walk in it, we'll see the big picture. The Bible says that he is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, 
right? The lamp is you take steps. You know, when you have a lamp, you just go a few, a few steps. But when you have a light, you see the whole pathway. You go, oh, okay, now I know where I'm going. I'm, you know, 73 now, so I can look back and go, oh, I see what you were doing, Lord. I, I was just kind of going through the jungle, not knowing really what's going to happen. Then I end up here, and I go, oh, I see how, I, I see how you took that was, that was clever, Lord. It's clever, really clever. Amen. So we know that he's smarter than us, right? And he knows things beyond our time. He's not stuck in time. He can take you out of here, take you into heaven, spend 45 minutes with you, and bring you back at the same exact time that you left. Why? Because he's beyond time. He, he looks, okay, you know when you get to a railroad track and you see these big long trains? You only see one car at a time, don't you? But God is up high, and he looks at the whole train. He looks at our whole life. He knows our beginning from our end. He knows where we're supposed to be, where, where he wants to take us. And we might be fighting and struggling, but he'll get us back there. Amen? If you just stay patient, stay with him, and watch him work. Amen? Well, I'm excited already. I mean, <laughs> what more can I say? That's enough to, to go home with. But we got more. Hallelujah. So <laughs> we're going to look at three. I'm entertaining myself, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, so there's th- what, kind, what kind of calling? There's three levels of callings. Let's look at it right here. You're called out of darkness. You're called to be conformed into his image. And you're called to serve. Different levels, right? The first level is to be called out of darkness. It says we are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the first thing is we have to come out of the life of sin and into a life of righteousness. Amen? Some people kind of... Don't frown, they, they frown on that. He says, well, the Lord knows my heart. No, yeah, yeah, the Lord knows your heart, but that's what the problem is. You need to get out of sin and live unto righteousness. Live holy. and Be ye holy, for I am holy, he said. And the holier you get, the more separated and secluded unto him, the more he's able to pour out his blessings and give you direction in your life. Amen? That's the effort. That's, the, that's what we have to do in our lives. So let's look at this in First Timothy, or Second Timothy 1.9. Here's the calling. God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. He called you before the foundation of the world. Before he said, let there be light, he said, let there be Piero. Amen? From Italy to come all the way here to California. Praise God. He knew. He knew. I'm looking for him to call me from California to go to Italy. But anyway, (laughs) we are actually planning a trip to go to Italy and see his parents who came here. But anyway, he called us out of darkness. With a whole, a holy, what's a holy calling mean? He means that he's holy and he's calling us. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. It's not about us. Amen? You don't have to work for this thing. But because you're saved, you do work because you want to work. You want to do his things, right? So, uh, and grace which was given to us by Jesus Christ before the beginning of time. So I, I tell you, when I was growing up in high school, I don't know if you guys had you know, yearbooks. They had these most likely to be, you know, successful, most likely to be married, most likely to be whatever. I was not voted most likely to be a Christian. No, I was not uh, anywhere near that. In fact, when people found out I got saved, they went, what? You're kidding me. And when I found out my friends were, were saved, I said, you're kidding me. How, how, could, how did that happen? <laughs> the crazy self, you know. <laughs> In fact, the, the worse that they are, the harder they fell, the harder they came to the Lord. Amen? Because we were just looking for things to do. Now, in the Bible, <laughs> you know, it says, many are called, but few are chosen. 
And I had to look that up because that seems kind of funny. Like, would God isolate somebody and not, call, not cho- choose them? So the call there is an invitation. Many of you are called. You know, you send invitations out for people to come to the party. But this was an invitation to have a life together with Christ. I'm calling you. You want to be with me? Follow me. Amen? Amen. Serving God and experiencing the fulfillment that brings, uh, that brings life to your life. An invitation to be disciples, to follow in his footsteps, and ultimately an invitation to spend eternity with him. He's called us with a holy calling. Don't you feel special that he called you out of darkness, out of the mess that you were in? You didn't know what you, where you were, how to get anywhere. But he said, I'm calling you in your heart. And uh, now to be chosen means to accept the invitation. You are the elect of God. He chose you before the foundation of the world. But you have to receive him. The Bible says he knows those that are his. He knows, you know, where you were, what you were doing. And, and, but he still called you. He didn't, he didn't uh, like, disqualify you because of your past behavior. He said, I know who you are. I know what's on the inside of you. And I'm calling you into me. And so you have to receive the uh, invitation. So God wants everyone to be saved. We know that, don't we? Some people don't believe that. There's, there's certain sects that say, well, you know, uh, they, they, uh, maybe they're not supposed to be saved. I mean, God has preordained and predestined people to get saved. And so no, no bother witnessing to them. That's not good. That's not even right, is it? Let's look at this in 1 Timothy 2. It says, therefore, I exhort, first of all, supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and who all, all who are in authority. That's what we do on Wednesday night. Now, this, this, this phrase, I like this. I, I just want to read it, okay? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Don't you want to live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness? Well, then turn off the TV. Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't listen to that iPhone. Amen. <laughs> Get off the Internet. No, we want to live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. To me, that just sounds so beautiful. And we, sh- we should attain it. Now, in, in the next slide, it says, God who desires all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. He wants all of us to be saved. That means that honorary uncle that you have, that crazy brother, that, <laughs> that neighbor that bothers you. He wants them saved. Praise God. Uh, now, let's look at this in 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Why hasn't he come sooner? Because he's wanting people to get saved. There's a lot of people that need to get saved. And guess who he's going to use? Yes, uses and eases. That's who we have to be. <laughs> we, are, we are the light of the world. The light of the world. That word, that word in, in the Greek is phos, phosos. It's like, uh, like where we get photograph. We are supposed to be a photograph of what Jesus is like. We're supposed to be an example. We had a, a lady, a friend of Mary Ann's, she called. She's like, I got to go to see my ex-husband. And his, his wife, like, just rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> Can anybody relate to that? Anybody have any? You know, we had some holidays. You know, do you have anybody, any family members that rubbed you the wrong way? No hands, please. Thank you very much. And, <laughs> and she called for prayer. She said, help me. I, I can't go into that den of iniquity. I can't go in there. 
And Marianne, I wanted to slap her and say, come on, are you a Christian? What's wrong with you, you know? Marianne's more compassionate. She said, you can do it. You can do it. You can have the strength of the Lord, and, and you can exercise Christian character, right? So she prayed with her. I said, you better pray with her, honey, because I'm, I, I don't think I have it in me. But anyway, she called back the next day. She said, I go, well, how, how did it go? She goes, it was beautiful. It was awesome. In fact, they all thanked me for being such a beautiful uh, person in this, this gathering. Because Marianne told her, you be strong. You be, I told her, I told her, tell her, do what Jesus would do. Be, be like Jesus. And she did. And guess what? They all liked her. Amen? So you can overcome any situation that you're facing when you let the Lord be with you, right? Now let's look at Romans 8, 29. Uh, talking about the calling. It says, for whom he foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That's the second calling. We're supposed to be conformed into his image. He's called us to do that. He, he who foreknew, in other words, he, what does foreknew mean? It means he knew ahead of time who was going to receive him before the beginning of time. He, whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed. This is my plan. This is my, what I want to do with you. I don't want to just save you and have you just running around like a bunch of chickens. <laughs> I want to get you conformed into the image of Christ, right? Now, this is a process. It's sanctification from the beginning to be molded into the image of Christ. It's a process. And one illustration of this is when you go fishing, you catch the fish, and then you clean the fish, right? You can't clean it until you, until you, until you catch it. But people come into church, and we want to clean them before they're caught. So you can't wear this. You can't do this. You know, stop this. Stop your drinking. Stop this. Don't do that. And they're like, I can't do all that. You, they, the Lord has to capture them in their heart. Now, I don't like fishing that much. I, I, I just have to say this, you know. I'm more of a basketball, baseball, football, you know. Throw it, kick it, catch it. You know, that's what I like, you know. I like to keep score. I like to know, you know, what's happening. I like to see some interaction. But my wife and I were walking the other day, and we saw this picture of these guys out on the lake, and, and, and they're fishing, right? There's not much action going on there, is there? <laughs> they're sitting. You know, they're talking, you know. And, and, and that's good. I mean, they're, they're, and I know there's some skill in fishing. I don't want to put down fishing. You have to, you have to, uh, yeah. You know, I, you, you got to Get the right bait, you know, how you put it on, where you fish and all that, and how you, you know. And sometimes it takes hours to catch a fish, but it's just not my thing, okay? But I like to fish for men, praise, and women that need to know the Lord. <laughs> so I saw this couple here coming out of the water, and I asked them, do you like fishing? And they said, no, not really. I go, well, why do you do it? We're just, we're just killing time, you know, it's just, just, just something to do. I go, okay, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not alone in that. But let's look at 2 Thessalonians 2, 13. Because we are called to be conformed into his image. Now, how does that happen? How does that, Jesus is in heaven. He want, we're supposed to be conformed into his image? How does that work? Well, let's look at it. In 2 Thessalonians 2 and 13. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you. Don't you feel special that he chose you? I, we were not the most likely to be chosen. We weren't doing all, we weren't in church, we weren't doing the right things, but he chose us. 
And, 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 and you know who else is choosing us? Is the devil. Yeah. Don't you feel popular? You got God and the devil both wanting you. Amen? Who, who do you want to yield to? Who do you want to give in to? Amen? We want to give in to the Lord. So it says, chose you for salvation through sanctification of the Holy Spirit. That's who's going to help you get to where you're supposed to be. Amen? Amen. The Holy, I'm trying to learn the Holy Spirit more. He's a person. I'm trying to learn his personality, what he likes, what he doesn't like. You know, like when we started the play, we, went, we had practice, and I said, well, let's pray. And all of a sudden, whew, the Holy Spirit came down. I go, oh, you're, you're, you're happy with this play, huh? <laughs> well, of course, you're highlighting my son and the works in the whole Bible, of course. But what's amazing is I taught, we had four people that were never acting before in their life. And they said that night the Holy Spirit came on them, and they felt the presence of the Lord, and they just carried it all throughout the whole day. And so they weren't really acting. They were just, they were just following the Spirit of the Lord, portraying what the Bible says. And guess what? You're supposed to portray what the Bible says as well. You're, you're supposed to act on the Word of God. You're supposed to have the Word of God on the inside of you and do what it says to those that confront you or be in front of you. Amen? It's a challenge, I know, but you be, be like Jesus. Amen? Okay, so let's look at this here. Titus 2, 11 and 12, the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. Now, this scripture really caught me when I was uh, learning about the Lord. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and, and godly in this present age. The grace of God, the spirit of grace, the spirit of the Lord is teaching us how to deny what? ungodliness, to deny it. Oh, I'm not going to watch that show. No, I'm not going to talk to that person. I'm, I'm going I'm to separate myself. Teaching, don't do that. Don't say that. Don't go there. Praise the Lord. Teaching us to deny ungodliness. You know, the Lord gets very upset. <laughs> One little boy was saying, well, what have you learned about the Lord in, 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 in church? He said, well, I found out that in the Old Testament, God was really angry. <laughs> and he was killing people. But he got into a better mood in the New Testament. <laughs> but you look at the Old Testament. I was looking in Psalms 95. God says, I loathe the children of Israel because of their unbelief. Loathe is a pretty strong word, isn't it? So he said, I swore in my wrath that they will not enter into my rest. That, that's, that's serious. Huh? We don't realize how holy and how righteous and how good God is. And he wants to bring us into the family. Us, you know. Not so holy people, but he wants to make us holy. That's his job. Amen? Saving us by his grace. And it's a long road, praise the Lord. But he has called us to this. Now, I may have some water, uh, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Richard. Faithful brother in the Lord. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. The third calling, so we got the first calling, right? Call you out of darkness. That's good, isn't it? Now he wants to conform you to the image. Now he wants to tell you what your personal calling is in life. And what is that personal calling? It's already on the inside of you. Your gifts, your talents, what you like to do. It's whatever you feel like doing, whatever you feel like he's uh, uh, leading you to, that's where he wants you to be, whether it be children's church. We had a lady that came uh, last week. She said, I can see myself teaching children's church in this church. Well, yeah, that's the Lord. Praise the Lord. So it's natural. God has given you gifts and talents and uh, things to do. And so you have to recognize your gifts and talents. I know Charles, when he uh, was um, 
growing up, my, my, I, I played baseball all my life. My wife loves baseball. And so we figured, naturally, Charles would play baseball. A plus B equals C, right? So we signed him up for T-ball. <laughs> he's playing T-ball. He's playing the outfield. And they hit the ball out to him. Charles, he's out there throwing the grass up and could, could care less. <laughs> My wife and I looked at each other. Okay, this is not it, okay? Forget it. And so we took him out of T-ball. And so we went to high school. And when he took his high school classes, the counselor said, there's no way you can take all those classes. Those are too hard classes. He said, I can do it. Okay. So she gave him the classes, and he aced them all out, A's all the way. That's where his desire, that's where his passion was. Amen. Amen. You have to know where your passion is and where your calling is. Praise God. Marianne's nephew, has, she has five boys. Five boys. That's a lot of boys. And they all like sports except for one. So he's going from wrestling to soccer to basketball to baseball. And the, but there's one kid that is kind of more artsy. And so guess what? He's the one that got saved. He's only like eight years old. My son led him to the Lord. One. All these other guys are concentrated on sports. And so what happened? The soft-hearted boy received the Lord. Are you soft-hearted? Praise the Lord. Amen. So you have to recognize your gifts. Let's look at this in Romans uh, 12. Five through eight. Ready? So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us. So let's look at these here. Let's look at these gifts. Uh, it, let pro- if prophecy, let him prophesy in proportion to his faith. Or in serving, let him serve. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, He who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy, do it with cheerfulness. We have to do the, oh, 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 oh my gosh, this is terrible. This is terrible. Oh my God, I was doing so good. Uh, Okay, now, this was an illustration. This was an illustration. I wanted to see where your gifts were. Okay? Now, the mercy gift, what would they do? Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I feel sorry for Pastor Chuck, right? That, that's a mercy gift. The serving gift was a guy that would go and mop it up or pick it up, right? That's, that's serving. The exhortation person would say, you were doing so good. Wow, you know, just that little slip up, but you were, you were on the right track. You were doing good. Ex- exhortation, right? The teacher would say, well, you know, you need to put it not so close to your podium here, you know. You should, you should, you should know better than that. And he that leads us says, you know, we need to build a, pro, a podium that has a little side, you know, bar here so that you won't do it. And the giver says, I'll pay for it, right? And you know what the prophecy said, the prophesier? I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> So think about that, how, how you would uh, respond. Now, when we were at our other church, uh, we'd have meetings about how to divide up things, you know, in the church. <laughs> so we need someone to bake a couple of times. And uh, so my wife says, well, we don't want to just use the same people all the time. We don't want to use that same person to bake. We don't want to overuse them. And the pastor looking at we're not overusing them. That's their gift. They like doing it. You know, ask them to do it. They'll be happy to do it. 
But now the trick is, don't ask somebody that doesn't have that gift. You've had people that give you a cake and you go like, hmm. Uh, I don't know. That's not your calling. That's not your gifting. Amen. <laughs> but your past experiences will dictate your... <laughs> I guess you know some people like that, right? <laughs> so uh, God will... Uh, you got me all thrown off now. <laughs> your gifting will dictate, you know, what does the Bible say? Your gifts and callings will make room for you. Amen. If you're good, you know, God will promote you. And Jesus said what? Occupy till I come. Do, do some things while, while you're here. I know, I know when uh, everybody's looking for that great, you know, voice from the sky. This is your calling. This is what you want to do, you know. But I looked at Matthew 28, and it says... Uh, you know, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel, baptizing everyone in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go ye and teach. I said, that's my calling right there. It's right there. Go. I'm going to go teach. And so I was sitting uh, at a stoplight, and a bunch of blind kids were walking by. And the Lord said, you can start there teaching them. I go, what? Yeah, you can teach them. So for about two years, I taught them three times a week and spent a great time with them. Just loved them. They were just so, so beautiful to... And, and my wife, I think I've told the story, she saw how kind and considerate and loving I was towards the kids. And she said, oh, uh, he'll be kind, considerate, and loving towards me. But what she didn't realize is that I was only doing that for like an hour. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm kind, considerate, and loving all the time. Praise the Lord. So now let's get to the part. About Now that you got your calling, and we're going to pray about that, we're going to divide you into groups of threes, not your own family, but somebody that you don't know, and we're going to talk, we have some five questions to go over, and then we're going to uh, pray together. So, walking with God. What does walking with God mean? It means how we conduct ourselves, our manner of life, what we're about, in, in, in our kind of terms, is how we roll. <laughs> how do we roll? Now, remember, God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He walked with them. He talked with them. Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. And you, too, can, boys and girls. Uh, and, in fact, God told Abraham, walk before me and be thou perfect. In other words, I'm watching you walk before me. I'm seeing what you're doing. Can you have fellowship in this? Praise the Lord. And in Micah 6, 8, I think this is next to my last scripture. Micah, he says, Micah said, he has shown you, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Is that so hard? Is that so hard? I don't think so. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is for some. Let's illustrate that with my good friend here, Richard. Okay. How you doing, Pastor? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, so you're looking sharp today. You're looking sharp. Oh, today. thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Let, let's take a little walk. You know? Absolutely. I'm playing God in this. Okay. You know, Richard, I've been watching you. You've been help, helping Pastor Chuck. You're doing a great job with him. You know, he's yeah. really, he, he really, he calls you at odd times in the day and night and everything. But you come. You don't complain and you don't, you just do what you have to do. So I got a blessing for you. I got big blessings for you. Praise the Lord. I receive it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah, it's yeah. going to be good. And I've got it all planned out. Don, what's going on, hey, Don? <laughs> All 
right, I gotta go next time, okay? All right, talk to you later. Okay. All right, come. I was talking. I was talking. Yeah, yeah. The phone rings. The phone rings. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to spend time with you because I want to pour out my heart to you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's there's things that I want to you know go through. You know, it's kind of complicated, and there's people that I want you to help and and bless them with. Absolutely. And so so if you can do that, I would I would appreciate it. I sure will, Pastor. I'm not done. I'm not done yet. What is the story? Oh, is that the way we do our prayers? <laughs> Lord speaking to us, talking to us, wanting to be with us. Hey, I got to take out the trash, Lord. You know, I got some things I got to do. I, I have to check on. I, I got to make that call. God wants us to walk with Him, spend time with Him. Amen. So let's look at this in Colossians two six, last scripture. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. It's a walk. It's a fellowship. It's a relationship. So let's look at, I've got five questions for you to look at. And just to judge your heart, since we're going into new, to a new year, let's look at these here. Are you satisfied with your passion for God and your relationship with Him? What needs to change? Are you satisfied? Do you want to know more about Him? you want to be more closer to Him? What would others say you are most passionate about? People that watch you and see you and we're going to divide into groups, not families, so they can look and say, oh, I, I see you do this or you do that. Uh, what convictions has God given you? What is burning in your heart to do? How has God gifted you? What are the things that God has gifted you to do so that you know that where he wants to put you? And lastly, how have you seen God use you to influence others? So let's break off for 10 minutes or so and uh, find somebody that's not your... Um, a family member so that they have no prior knowledge of you and just tell them what, which one of these do you want to talk about and then, then pray with them, right? Can you do that? I mean, I don't want to intrude on anybody, but...